Well, hello, hello to all of my lovely listeners who are back at it again with me on my podcast, When Anxious Kids Grow Up, Where Do They Go? Um, It is your host, Natalie, Nat, Naturally Ryan, whichever one, you know I go by all three. And today I am not live streaming this recording, surprisingly enough. I know, crazy, right? Um, I'm just recording a very quick episode because I do have a couple meetings today, but I also just like wanted to fill the time with something productive. So here we are. So today's episode is one that I have been thinking about since I couldn't sleep last night. I want to talk about my personal aspirations for a music career because, um, well, I think it's a little important to my gap year program, considering that it's all about what I want to do with my life, which is music. Uh, And so it would be a little bit beneficial to actually structure my goals for the remainder of my quarantine. And as you guys know, my quarantine will most likely be lasting like a year or maybe two years or maybe maybe it will just be forever. Maybe I just don't leave the house again. Like, we don't know. It's a surprise. That's the best part about it. So I want to talk about my personal musical aspirations, Uh, not just in quarantine, but like well beyond it as well. So for quarantine, I have been thinking about what I want to make. Uh, By the time quarantine ends, I want to have at least one real like EP, LP, like a legitimate album, you know, and I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly what I want to make. I am just so scared to make it that I haven't done it yet. Which I feel is very, uh, very in line with the, uh, with the title of the podcast. (laughs) But, yes. The album I want to make, first of all, I want it to be all red. I want the concept art to be red. I want the, I want to do an art book with it and I want it to all be focused on shades of red and the emotions surrounding the color red and, like, what red looks like in, in terms of, like, shapes and all of that fun stuff. Like, I want it to be red. The title of it, I want it to be Bruised Knees and Spinebreakers. Now, the reason I picked this is because, like, when I say that, it sounds very harsh, very, very graphic, very, I don't know, in-your-face, kind of explosive, right? Well, both of those words don't necessarily have that meaning to me personally. Both of those words actually have a lot to do with some of my earliest childhood experiences. I mean, I have matching scars on both of my knees because I... Like, I just forget to catch myself with my hands when I fall off scooters. Um, And so my knees are almost constantly bruised from doing something. I get phantom bruises because I'm so pale that if I hit, if I breathe on my arm too hard, it will be bruised. Um, And then spine breakers obviously comes from my autoimmune disease, which affected my, my lumbar, my lumbar vertebrae, because that's, you know, like, base of your spine and all of your you fun little nerve endings in there. And so once that, once my autoimmune disease started to eat away at the myelin sheath that surrounded those nerves, it became very difficult to walk. So in essence, my own body is its own spine breaker. But Bruce Neeson's spine breakers just sounds really cool. <laughs> now for this album, I have been thinking so much about what I want to do musically and how many tracks I want and all this sort of thing. And that number and that style keeps changing. I want something that's in your face, that's aggressive, that can encourage you to get up and dance, but once you listen to the lyrics and the meaning and the story behind it, you kind of like sit back and analyze it. I want something that can be easy to listen to, but also if you just want to like lose your mind to it, you can totally do that. And obviously I will have my obligatory like ballad, belty, Broadway-esque song where it's just like me being the main character for a minute because honestly that's all I've ever wanted is, is to do that. And I feel like it's very in character for me, so I should maybe live up to the character that I'm, you know, always building. I think that Bruce Knees and Spinebreakers is a good way to describe the album strictly because it's it's two very 
very graphic concepts. It's two very graphic sounding words that are coming together in sort of a, a culmination of all of the incidents and all of the, the issues that I've gone through my childhood to make me who I am now. The world could have foraged me to be a very mean, brash, and rude person, but instead I, I'm not necessarily that. I love giving off the persona that I'm that. I get very disappointed when people tell me they don't find me intimidating because, I mean, I'm not intimidating, but I would like to pretend at the very least, but I, I mm, that's a whole other, that's a whole other set of issues. Um, but I like pretending that, that the world has foraged me to be harder when in all actuality, yeah, it gave me a strong suit of armor, but my heart is just as open and as soft as it ever will be again. Like. All of the pain that I've been through, yes, it, it, it means I have a thick skin, but it also means that I I think I take, take into account more of like the loving and compassionate things that I need to be a fully complete human. Maybe that's just me reading way too much into myself, but personally I think that that's why this album as a debut will be my most important work. Not only is it setting me up hopefully for future opportunities for, for recording and for being an artist, but it's also allowing me to, to take the worst experiences that I've had and turn them into something that will hopefully be something positive to someone else. And I think that's, that's what I want to go for with this album. I also think that that's why I haven't really started it yet. Um, I have the, I have exactly what I want for the, the concept cover art done. I have it a hundred percent. It's fully complete and it's great um but it's not <laughs> a couple of songs are in process right now i'll keep you updated as it gets you know going to like an actually good place to uh to a decent place where it can be you know shown off and actually like listened to yeah i think that would be the the biggest thing is if it could be genuinely listened to that would be really helpful but right now, it is just not that way. And so going forward in my gap year, right now I'm going to be restructuring what my goals are for the gap year. And I think I do want to finish this. I want to start and finish this entire EP, which I know is like super ambitious. But guess what? I have all of my quarantine to do that. Like, I don't need to worry. I've got so much time. Do you ever get so stressed out about something that you're suddenly so calm about it? Like, you're panicking and then you're just like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> That's the way it is. And I'm just gonna relax because it's out of my control now. <laughs> I've I've hit that I've hit that serendipitous calm, where yeah the world's like crashing down around me, but like I'm doing what I can to keep me okay, and that's all that I need. That's all that I truly truly want. So yeah, that's that's the positive out of this. Um, I wanted to talk about music specifically in this podcast because I have gotten some lovely comments from some lovely people and uh, if they're listening and they know who they are, but talking of, I was told that you can feel the passion when I talk about music and that just made me like ridiculously happy. <laughs> like it, it genuinely meant so much to me that you could hear that sort of like desire and want and, and care in my voice and like that honestly motivated me to keep going um because i keep getting in these these phases the problem with quarantine is that every emotion is amplified because it's not like it's not like you have your friends to sit here with you and like talk you down from an anxiety spiral it's not like it's not like you can go out and walk around in in nature to the same extent that you used to be able to to like clear your mind you're kind of just stuck in with your own thoughts at least in my case that's how that's what i'm dealing with right now um and so every like i don't know two weeks i'll go through this 
this big old spiral where I'm like, I am not talented enough to do music. All of my creative endeavors, like my podcast and my YouTube channel, all suck and like no one watches me. So like, why am I doing it? And I just get really pouty and really whiny and then like really sad. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm worthless. And then like generally when I get to those thoughts, I, I haven't eaten and I haven't slept and I haven't drank water in a substantial amount of time, like a substantial enough amount of time that it is causing actual distress take care of your body kids um (laughs) and then past there it's just kind of uh working through the process of like getting me back to a state where i can be like you know okay a music career is gonna be hard but like we can get there so anytime someone has seen me perform and tells me that i'm good or or hears me talk about music and can tell i'm passionate like that means the world to me (laughs) and here's the thing people can give compliments in a matter of seconds, but it can literally stick with someone for a lifetime. I remember one of the best compliments I was ever given to my singing voice, and it will forever stick with me. Senior year, right? The end of year talent show. You know, it's like a couple weeks before school gets shut down before the pandemic. This is my last performance in high school. And I go on stage and I do two pieces back to back as a part of my talent. So every single year at the talent show, I rapped, which I know sounds ridiculous because if you know me in real life, you would look at me and think she is not a rapper. And I go, okay, fair, but here we are. And so with, with rap, I really like it because my anxiety, one of the, one of the things that I've noticed is when I get anxious, I talk really, really quickly. And so when I was around like ages 13 to 15, I started learning how to do slam poetry because it was a way to talk fast and be anxious, but get my point across. And it was considered art. And I was like, wow, that's perfect. Right up my alley. And then I'd grown up listening to rap um, because of influence from my parents. Like I remember some of my earliest rap influences were Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park and from Fort Minor. Um, I know Ludacris was a really big, really big role in my life when I was younger. Um, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, A lot of Jay-Z's work has been very influential to me. Um, And just generally, there were a lot of very big names in rap that were always very, very important to me and to my musical upbringing. And so when I realized that slam poetry, it gave me the speed of rap, I just needed to find a rhythm to put it to. And then it was a similar process of learning how to stay on beat and learning how to like play with your dynamics in a way that, that told a story about what you were talking about. I taught myself how to do that too. And the rapper who really inspired me to do that was George Watsky. He just goes by Watsky. It's just his last name. And he's a phenomenal writer. He's done slam poetry. He's done rap. He's done everything. And he's who I aspire to be like as an individual (laughs) i think he's the coolest dude and i I met him and that was like literally life-changing but that'll be a whole separate podcast episode so um at this talent show what i did is i learned the fastest first in eminem's rap god and then i just did that acapella just straight up i was like hey (laughs) walked on i was like hey so if you've seen me before it's because i can rap and i rapped here in the talent show and the first year i did a watsky song the second year i wrote my own rap forgot to mention that it was my own original rap and so i lost points because they thought it was someone else's work and i was like no i wrote it (laughs) and then and then uh, the last year I did Eminem's Fastest First and I was like, yeah, so here's what's up. I did that. Great. Cool. We love that. We love to see it. And then I was like, but ultimately I am not a rapper. Like it's something I do on the side. It's not my main focus. Um, my main focus is singing. And I've been singing for, for years. I've been in choir since I was 10. I've been doing all of these things. Um, and 
When it came to that, I sang Billie Eilish's I Don't Wanna Be You Anymore, except I pitched it down and it was more of a power ballad, like a female power ballad. Think something along the lines of Adele. Um, and this is when one of the most life-changing compliments I ever got happened. So I leave talent show, I didn't win. I never won any year, but I competed every year. I walk out and I'm just like saying thank you to all the people who'd shown up. And I was like, just trying to get my stuff, trying to leave. And my, I, I'm stopped dead in my tracks by this woman who I've never seen before. I don't even know her kid who competed in the talent show. She just shows up and she's like, you. And I was like, well, okay, coming on a little aggressive. And she goes, you, I love your voice. And I was like on the verge of tears right now. <laughs> I almost start crying. And um, this woman's like, hey, you remind me of Adele. Like the way that you sang, the emotion you had. And I was like, thank you so much. And then she was like, don't stop singing like that. And every single day that I get upset about my vocals or I'm recording a song, I'm recording a cover and I don't like it. I just think, I think about her and I'm like, she, even if no one else likes me, that woman, that woman would hear my voice and she would think it was so great all over again. Like that that keeps me going like that one compliment from that one person a 15 second interaction that i will think about forever the other very very there were two times with my my most favorite choir director and he told me things that like i will always hold on to even if i don't become a musician like i'm going to think about these things there was the first time I rapped in front of him, he did not expect it. It was actually a separate singing competition the school put on. And I was like, hey, um, I'm going to rap for it. And I asked for his advice and he's like, please do. Like, I'm so curious. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did it and he pulled me aside immediately after my audition. He was not a judge. He wanted to remain unbiased. So he just helped put on the event. He didn't actually judge in it. And he was like, oh my goodness. I didn't expect that from you. I never, I, no one would ever expect that from you. And I was like, thank you I think <laughs> and then he was like please keep doing that that is amazing this is so amazing I've never heard anyone do do that and I was like thank you and he's like please like that is that is such an amazing talent you have and then over the years he'd pull me into his classes to do slam poetry pieces or rap pieces for his other classes like in front of them like as <laughs> just because he wanted me to and then in my senior year, there was one very pivotal day in my high school experience. He pulled me aside and we were talking, we were talking about like auditioning for colleges and like what I was gonna study, if I was gonna study music, if I was gonna study performance, like what what was I going to do? Um, we were talking in the hallway, it was just us. And there was a hallway that connected like the offices and the practice rooms and then the main choir room. We're talking and he goes, Natalie, I need, I, I wanna tell you something, but this has been in the past a source of disappointment for some people. And I was like, I don't know where my mind went, but it wasn't a good place. I was like, oh no, <laughs> something bad's happening. <laughs> um, and so I said, yes, of course, like, it's, it's okay. Tell me whatever you think needs to be said. And he said, he got very pensive and very quiet and very calm. And he said, I genuinely believe that you would be a person to make it. And even now, Part of the reason I'm not live streaming this is because I can feel the tears kind of welling up in my eyes. He just said like, I genuinely believe that you would be a person to make it. And 
every single time that I get so so anxious or so sad about my performances and I can feel that depression sitting in on my chest and telling me that I'm not good enough to do what I want to do I think about it and I go like the person you admire most thinks that you can do it like the person that you have found solace in over the years thinks that you could do it like you can do this and that is such like a life altering thing to hear this was this was a five minute conversation max and he told me something that no matter what field i go into i will always think about and that's part of the reason that i have committed to a music major is it, it like i hate telling people that i ever considered arts majors i hate telling people that i ever considered the performing arts in college because when you tell people that they automatically think that you are taking the easy way out of college they think that and they're just like oh you're not doing a STEM major, it must be so easy. <laughs> um, and trust me, I did think about doing STEM majors and just never touching the arts again because it would be a more suitable, like, stable job path. I, I get that. And I hear all of these amazing things that my STEM friends are doing and I'm so proud of them, but I know that I am forever going to hate myself and think about the what ifs if I don't try to pursue it now. If I don't try to do the things I want to do now. Like, that is just not going to be something feasible. And I can't live with that self-hate and that self-expectation because guess what? I already dealt with that once. I, I used to be the most self, self-loathing preteen you could ever find. I, I put people to shame with my emo poetry. Like, Gerard Way had nothing on me. Edgar Allan Poe, who I was the queen of angst. And no one could take my crown. Ever. <laughs> I thought that there was never going to be anything I could amount to. And from ages 12 to 18, that entire time, those six years were about proving myself wrong. And I think that now I need to do that again, just in a bit of a different way, with a bit of a different intention. And yeah, this is definitely going to be a harder journey, but I feel like ultimately it's a very important one to take. I wouldn't say more important. It, it was very important that I got over the fact that I hated myself and now do not hate myself. It is a very, takes a lot of work. And I'm going to tell you, not every day is easy. There's still days where I'm, I'm not the biggest, I'm not my own biggest supporter. But it is easier and it is more assuring that now I don't hate every single thing I've done. <laughs> That's the thing is that it's, it's so much more comforting knowing that I don't hate every single aspect about myself. And there were people who undid the good things about what I had going. I had an ex who used to tell me that I would, I, I shouldn't pursue acting or music because like I was a horrible person for wanting to be perceived on a stage and like perform in front of large audiences. And the, the reasoning behind that was is because people would look at me and ultimately that came down to his own insecurities and his own self-esteem issues. But then it in my mind reflected on me and I was like, oh my God, like I'm such a horrible person. Mm. Which then just fueled my insecurity even more. So take notes, kids, don't. If anyone ever tells you that you shouldn't do something because quote, people will look at you, maybe, maybe realize that that's probably an abusive relationship. Like just want to put it out there. Just want you to, if you ever find yourself Googling what is an abusive relationship, just know that you're probably already in one and you're just looking for some reassurance that that is where you're at. 
and things like that. Those emotional setbacks definitely took away a lot of the confidence I had, and even now have still affected me. It has, I, it has gotten better um, since since I'm no longer dating anyone. Actually, I'm just, I just am not in a place to do that. Like I'm far more focused on myself and my own goals. And there is like one person that I would date, but I don't want to. We're both very different people, <laughs> and that is the problem. And so right now, it's just not a feasible, tangible, legitimate thing. And sometimes I think that that's better. If you if you learn to to love and appreciate the art you make and the person you want to be on your own, then you will always be able to pull yourself out of even your most most painful and darkest ruts. Which I feel is like something that people don't talk about when staying single. They don't talk about like the fact that because you have to build that self-independence where you rely on yourself for feedback, for criteria, for for reassurance, for guidance, like you become so much more confident as an individual <laughs> because you're not comparing yourself to the ideas that someone else has. You are looking at you and thinking, how am I going to make this better for me? So I highly recommend staying single for like a while just because it's, it's very, it's just nice. You just don't have to worry about anything. It's so nice. You can deal with your own problems. You're not taking on two people's problems. You're taking on you. <laughs> so... I am still a hopeless romantic, yes, but I also do not want to deal right now because I have bigger fish to fry and I don't want to deal with frying fish that I cannot eat later on. Not necessarily the best um, analogy, but it's the only one I'm vibing with right now. So just, just wanted to let you know that's how it is. And like I said, this is a this is a shorter shorter episode. Just just a nice calm little little snippet, little little bit <laughs> little bit of a podcast. So thank you for listening in. If you are one of my college professors who has to listen to this and like, you know, grade me, good luck. Um, and if you are one of my friends who I haven't seen in the longest time, I love you and miss you dearly. If you're one of my friends who I haven't been able to see in real life, I love you and one day we will get there and if you're just if you're just a random person who's very invested in my life right now thanks like that's really cool to me so thank you very much um i will catch you all in the next one and in the meantime stay safe and stay healthy